I think it is something impossible. It is very hard. It is very dangerous. I think no, 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 no. I will be waiting for good news, maybe for end of the war. But the situation became worse and worse. And this idea seems like very unreal. And some time after it. I think that this idea is quite possible and okay, let's go. This is Ukraine Stories from Fearless Media, where we tell the story of the war in Ukraine one person at a time. I'm David Green. A few weeks into the war, Serhiy Bilayev had an idea, one that he admits at the time did not seem like a very good idea. But let's start a little further back than that. What's um, what's one thing that you love about her? One thing? <laughs> if, if I would have to pick just one thing, it would probably be her humanity, not to mention her beauty. And when I was a child, I hated dogs because I was bitten by one of them. But she made you love dogs? Yes, I started loving dogs, and I got a dog, and now she has one of its puppies. So where did you propose marriage to her? Can you tell me that story? Uh, The year before, we actually broke up. Just an ordinary quarrel for people who uh, don't know each other for too long and spend too much time together. We broke up for two days. Uh, Then we got back together again. At that moment, I realized I have to propose. I had a plan to book a hotel. Uh, When we got to the room, I started to read a poem I wrote for her. And of course, I was so nervous. I forgot all the words. And the hotel was destroyed by bombs two days ago. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm sorry. This place is a few hundred meters of my parents' house. Wow. So Serhi and his fiance, her name is Natalie, lived in the city of Kharkiv. That's in eastern Ukraine. It's really close to Russia. And it's been a front line since the war started. A lot of the area has been occupied by Russian forces. So where were you and Natalie living when the war began? Uh, she lives, uh, lived uh, uh, at her parents. I lived uh, with uh, my br- elder brother in, uh, to the north of Kharkiv. So tell me about your first few days of the war with the enemy troops. Like, what, what, was, the, what was the situation in, in your village? When the war began, I just called my family, and we started to decide what to do next. There were tanks on our streets, and we began to get used to the condition. No electricity for the first day, and the heating disappeared. The situation was getting worse and worse. And after eight days, we decided to leave and go north, as far north as possible. We met some people who let us live in their house. From the first day in that house, I was thinking about how to go back to her in Kharkiv. But there was no safe road to Kharkiv. 
This is when I came up with the idea. Maybe I could go into Russia, then other countries, then come back around into Ukraine. So can I just understand the geography? It's like there was a line and you could not get across this line to get to Kharkiv because of the, the attacks, the Russians. But you could go all the way around through all these other countries and your hope was to get back in Ukraine then come up to Kharkiv in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Так, так, так. And you said you thought, you were thinking like, this is crazy. Yes. But I'm going to, this might be the only way. Yes. You thought this was the only way you might see your fiancé again? Yes. Wow. So tell me, what was the first step? So from where we were staying uh, to the Russian border was only about uh, 500 meters to one kilometer. So Serhi drove along the border until he was able to cross into Russia. He stayed in touch with Natalie because he was getting a cell signal on the Russian network. So when did you first tell her that you were doing this? Like, was it in when you got to Russia or...? Uh, right uh, after that moment, I crossed uh, a border, uh, borderline. Mm-hmm. Into Russia? Yeah. Okay. And what did, did you text her? Uh, yes, I texted her, but uh, very, very careful. Uh, the, uh, I couldn't say too much because I was worried we would be heard by the Russian authorities. I said, I'm in Russia. Maybe you want to leave Kharkiv. And what did she write back? Uh, she was angry because I left my dog. <laughs> so she was mad that you left. Like, you left the dog, mm-hmm. you went to Russia. She was upset. Yes. That must have been difficult for her to be mad at you, but you weren't able to tell her your full plan. No, I knew that in one or two days I would be able to tell her everything. So just to be clear, Serhii drove through a big chunk of Russia. He skipped Belarus and went instead to Latvia, then into Lithuania, then to Poland. And he finally headed back towards the other side of Ukraine. It was 4,000 kilometers. That's almost 2,500 miles. And how did you feel when you got into Latvia? I feel uh, myself safe. I feel myself a free man. So when did you call Natalie? Right after I crossed the board. Yeah, where were you standing? A few hundred meters from Latvian customs. Wow. It was very cold that night, I remember. And I called her told uh, about my real plans that uh, I'm not going to left you I'm going for you baby <laughs> and uh, that moment she understood that everything okay so when you said to Natalie I'm not leaving you I'm coming for you baby what did she say uh, she said great Uh, But if you have a chance to be in Europe, maybe you should stay there. Because coming back into Ukraine, uh, you could have trouble. Because you're a young man. Yes. And you would have to serve in the military. Yeah. Did you think about maybe staying in Europe? 
Uh, yes, I thought about that uh, two days. <laughs> For two days? Two days. No, not uh, uh, all day, I mean. On the third day, I decided it's uh, it's a bullshit. I have to meet my wife. Did you tell Natalie that you were coming back yes. for her? Сюда розповсюджувала інформацію щодо прийняття закону. Yes. Then I called the Ukrainian embassy in Poland, and they told me, "Come back to Ukraine. No problem. We will shake your hand and say thank you." Okay, so you tell me about crossing the border back into Ukraine. Uh, first thing came to my mind, I made a mistake. <laughs> Why did you think it was a mistake? Because it was dangerous. Did you tell Natalie that you were coming? No. No. Why I not? Haven't. Because I wanted to make a surprise for her. You a did. little surprise. Little. Because uh, I loved to make a surprise for her. Uh, for example, uh, even in this situation, I found some flowers. I bought her Kinder Surprise because she very like it. You know, Kinder Surprise X. Uh, kinder surprise. The egg, like candy? Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Check chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know every little moment of this surprise because this is amazing. So you're carrying the chocolate, the flowers, which I don't even know how you found that in a war zone in a city being attacked. So that's amazing. No. So I called her and told her to come down from her apartment. And at that moment, just 50 meters from the house, I was stopped by police. Wait, you told her, come downstairs. Yeah. Because you were going to surprise her. But then the police stopped you. Uh, so the police in Kharkiv didn't believe my story because I am registered in Kharkiv. And it seems suspicious to them that I have pillows and blankets in my car, but I had evidence of my story in my passport because I had stamps from all these countries. Can you tell me the next moments after the police? So I called her back and she said, I'm working. Uh, she's working from home. But then she came downstairs because she had seen my car from the window. Uh, so I ruined even the smallest surprise. And how did you spend your first few hours? So in the beginning of my trip, I wasn't sure that um, we will ever meet again. But at that moment, when I finally saw her, I realized that I would probably never leave her for more than one day in the future. And we will be together from this moment. So how did you convince her to leave Kharkiv? At this point, her mother was too scared to stay in Kharkiv, so it wasn't that hard to convince them. So it's you, Natalie, and her parents? And her mother, because his father uh, still in Kharkiv. He did not want to leave his house. Wow. Mm -hmm. And my parents still in Kharkiv for the same reason. How are you feeling here? Like now we're in Poltova, you're with Natalie, you're in a quiet park after a crazy journey and being away from your partner. Like how are you 
feeling? I finally feel myself at a at safe place. I finally free. Are you worried that the war will come here? I mean, we're only, you know, like a few hours from the front line. Mm, yes, of course, we are scared of it, but <coughs> uh, better to be in safe place and have uh, a lot of time to do what uh, to do next if uh, this dangerous will be real, you know. Maybe we will fight right here. I don't know, but I know exactly that uh, to be in uh, free and safe place it's is better than to be under occupation so when is your wedding when when are you getting married, married. Have... we planning to marry uh, this june this in a few months yeah they are still planning that wedding but it's going to have to take place sometime after this war This is Ukraine Stories from Fearless Media. I'm David Green, and we'll be back with more tomorrow.